it's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you for the next couple of hours right here on News Talk 1400 DWS. Mr. Tate is in the house. We've got some basketball, football conversation scheduled for you, some baseball conversation as well. How you doing, Coach Tate? Doing well today. Got your game face on? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for a little sports. I spent three and a half hours last night watching The Irishman, so... That's it for movies for me for a while. Well, that uh, kept you busy for a little while. That's <laughs> a good movie, though. Yeah, I recommend that as well. If you've got this, a Netflix production. We're not going to do a movie review, but we both uh, think that's worth your while to watch. Got some pretty heavy duty actors in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Al Pacino plays Jimmy Hoffa, and he does not have a good end <laughs> ending. <laughs> <laughs> that much we we knew that before we, we started. But We're not telling any secrets, are we? Three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number if you'd like to join us. And uh, some of the scheduled guests for the uh, show today, we'll talk uh, baseball with Bernie Miklas. That is scheduled for about 9.30 this morning. The executive director of the Red Box Bowl, the Illini destination out in Santa Clara, Ryan Opelt is his name. He'll join us at 10 o'clock. And Mike White, scheduled to sit in with us by phone from California. At uh, 10.30, obviously, uh, if you follow Illinois football very long, you know that uh, he was also the coach at Cal before he came here. So uh, that's an interesting uh, uh, setup for him to comment on this upcoming game. It's the Mike White Bowl. Why not? (laughs) If they were smart, and maybe they are, and I'm sure they are, they've probably been in touch with him and uh, would have used him somewhat in the the pregame marketing of this bowl game. Yeah, he's going to be there. He's uh, coming from – he'll be – Coming from uh, Newport Beach, I believe. So that's Southern California. So yeah, he'll, be, he'll yeah. be heading up, yeah. up the coast. But it'll be good to uh, run into him. There is one football game today, Army Navy. Who you got? Going with Navy? Well, I, you know, Munkin coaches Army, so I kind of favor them a little bit. Uh, knowing a little bit about Munkin's background in, in Illinois and the, the Munkin family, so yeah, I'll pull for Army today, I guess. Two o'clock in Philadelphia is that game. Uh, Army is five and seven, Navy nine and two, but as they say in those big rivalries, you can throw the the record book out the window. That's always a fun one to watch. And that, if you're really a football fan, a college football fan, I think that would be on your bucket list to go to that game sometime. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's held at a time when nobody else is playing. I mean, you know, all the all the college games are over until the bowl games, and and Army Navy's always this late, and it's it's. Uh, been interesting, you know. Navy had a great run against them, and then uh, Munkin and and Army turned it around a couple years back and, and won several of those. And then now it's uh, Navy back to favorite again. A couple of football recruiting notes as it pertains to the Fighting Illini. They lost a quarterback commit, and a few hours later they picked up one with uh, C.J. Dixon out of where's he from? Georgia, out of the mm-hmm. state of Georgia. Yeah. He uh, decommitted, and then uh, the next day. Gregory Spahn, known as Deuce, Deuce Spahn, 
committed. He's out of St. Petersburg, Florida, a dual-threat quarterback, 6'4", 185. Yeah, when you run for over 800 yards as a quarterback in high school, that gives you an indication that there's some speed there. And uh, I prefer that myself. I, I just I want to see a running quarterback. And I know next year they'll be going with Peters again at, at quarterback. And he's not a great runner. He did make some good runs. But uh, I think probably they're getting a guy more like A.J. Bush, who they had last year who uh, ran the ball so well and helps the running game tremendously and helps the running backs as well. When, you, when you've got that guy that can fake the other direction, you know, the, the defense can't overload. Spawn had a senior year, as you mentioned, over 800 yards rushing, 847. He had a junior year where he rushed for 883 yards. And as a sophomore, he rushed for 435 and on top of all of that, in addition to all of that, 4,771 career passing yards, 45 touchdown passes, 28 interceptions over his career. But we've learned not to get too excited about incoming freshmen because we've seen so many fail. And, of course, we don't know where Isaiah Williams is going to fit in. Uh, he certainly hasn't had a good, uh, particularly good freshman year. Uh, I don't know if he throws well enough. I don't know if he's going to play another position. I don't know if he's going to try to continue to battle at, uh, at quarterback. But it, I would have to say that, Peters would have that thing pretty much locked up next year. And I don't know what the reason was uh, for Dixon uh, pulling out and decommitting, but there has to be a story there. When you sign somebody within 12 hours after the other guy decommits, you know that there's something going on there maybe. And and I don't know what it is. I don't know whether Dixon uh, realized that they were going to recruit over the top of him, whether whether, I don't know when they realized that Dixon might not be coming, but they were recruiting Span all along. Well, it might have been a – would Dixon have qualified the question to might have might have been in there? I don't know that. I'm just yeah. throwing that out as well, a possibility. Any number of possibilities, but uh, I think Illinois came out of it okay as far as recruiting a quarterback because this guy's got the, the size and the and the arm strength and and the speed. I also heard that uh, Dixon's ultimate destination might end up being with Michael Oxley at Maryland. Is that right? Yeah, I hadn't heard that. He's one of the one of the programs that he had been considering, but uh-huh. he had been recruited by a lot of the big boys, well, Alabama you know, when, included. When guys commit and they continue to be recruited, you know that there's more to it than you know, there's There's a story behind that we don't know. Big Ten basketball last night, there was one game. Indiana beat Nebraska 96-90 to in overtime. So the home team in Big Ten games, the record now is 11-0. and Illinois... Well, Nebraska obviously played played a pretty good game to, to take Indiana to overtime, but Illinois probably played the best game of a road team through the first 11 games in, mm-hmm. in Big Ten play and that yeah. one-point loss a week ago. You know, I read some stories about the Indiana game, and there's still concerns about Indiana from, among their media, at least, uh, even though they've only lost one game all, uh, so far. But uh, defensively, they, they uh, showed some weaknesses. That uh, It was interesting to, t- I thought, particularly interesting – for me to listen to Underwood yesterday when he talked about and kind of conceded that they went through, they did some analytics that deter- that determined the mistakes that they were making defensively a year ago, and they backed off a step is what he said. They're not uh, guarding the, the edges like they did last year. They're not over guarding trying to stop that pass because it, it gives up too many uh, easy baskets. So the combination of changing the defense somewhat and the addition of Kofi at center has made this look a whole different team defensive. Their last five halves, the second half against Miami and the next two games, 
they've been very effective defensively. Illinois on the uh, every game by every every half has been under forty. When I first saw the uh, Nebraska, because I didn't watch the game, the Nebraska Indiana game. When I first saw the score, I thought, well, that game must have been in Lincoln, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and maybe uh, Nebraska had pulled that off. Then I researched it a little more. The game was in Bloomington, so the home team still undefeated there. Illinois plays this afternoon, non-league game, five o'clock at uh, the State Farm Center against Old Dominion. Other games on the schedule today, Michigan at Oregon. Michigan State takes on Oakland in Detroit. Penn State is against Alabama. Rutgers plays Seton Hall and the Illini game against Old Dominion this evening. Tomorrow, Purdue plays at Nebraska. Northwestern is against SIU Edwardsville. And Ohio State plays at Minnesota. So Ohio State playing its uh, first Big Ten road game. Well, we'll see how the road uh, home road thing stacks up after they start eleven and zero. So that's the uh, basketball schedule. We'll talk more about uh, Illinois basketball and tonight's uh, game upcoming. Maybe hear some comments from uh, the head coach. So with that quarterback, back to the uh, commitment of, of uh, Spawn. With that, that gives Illinois eleven uh, commitments in the upcoming class. Yep. One quarterback, one running back, one. Uh, player uh, defined as an athlete, one wide receiver, three offensive linemen, three defensive linemen, and one linebacker. Yeah, and there, uh, there's going to be a big decision by a, a suburban uh, linebacker uh, this coming Monday, one of the best linebackers in the state, if not the best. And, and uh, Illinois is last right now in the Big Ten in terms of recruiting based on those numbers, Steve. But uh, the way Lovey's going about it, he's clearly – First of all, he doesn't have as many numbers as, as most teams this year. And the other thing is that he's going to leave some openings for transfers. They've got a number of transfers they're already in the, in the battle for. And uh, I would think that um, we can't judge uh, this recruiting class up, up to now. I mean, I'm always disappointed when you're, when you, you know, when you're last at, at any point because you'd like to be ahead. But uh, I think that, the, that they're about ready to break through on some guys, and I think you're going to see some transfers that are going to lift this uh, particular group. They need some transfers. They need some immediate help at linebacker, for one thing, and uh, they need some immediate help in the defensive line. And they need to start building for a future offensive line, not for next year, but for years beyond next year. Our friend uh, Kedrick Prince, who follows the recruiting closer than uh, you and I, uh, do these days just checked in with me and Dixon could not get into the University of Illinois so that was is that right that was according so you, to Ken. You, you guessed right on that well yeah mm-hmm. it was a little more than a guess but I wasn't yeah. 100% okay sure. okay <laughs> okay <laughs> but Kedrick confirmed that to me just a moment ago so that uh, certainly played a part in that uh, Illinois football will get to the practice field starting Monday. They've been all over the place recruiting during this time, so they haven't uh, started bowl practice yet, which means they're not going to use all 15 of their bowl practices, yep. but they'll use, the way I figured it, they'll use 9 or 10, some 10 or 11, somewhere Is that in that range. Yeah. Hmm. Well, when you start counting the days before the game, <laughs> it's not too hard yeah, you to know, figure. You know, what I would have thought would have been possible, and, and I would say that they had all the coaches out, but if they had some coaches they could have kept here and practiced, the guys that didn't, play so much this year so some of the red shirts yeah. and the freshmen and and some of the guys that'll be counting on next year you could use these practices for them as opposed to the players who are going to play in the bowl game right and the guys have been still here obviously working with coach Lou well, that's and, uh, right working in the weight room and such but uh, they'll get after it uh, 
on Monday. We'll know more about their practice schedule. I got schedule. this crazy idea you could practice tackling, but they never do that. <laughs> you can't tackle. You can't practice tackling if you don't tackle, right? Well, you can start now, I guess. And there's still a question that uh, Lovey did not answer when he was out uh, west for a a uh, press conference, and he won't answer it before the game about the, the status of Brandon Peters. He missed the last game. That's the fact. And uh, for what we think was uh, a concussion protocol, although that's not officially been determined, but uh, the question is, he missed the last game. We'll see. It'll be a game-time decision on whether he plays, but uh, that's, a, that's a key factor. People want to know that. Yeah, everybody mm-hmm. wants to know, and I don't know if he'll tell us or not. Yeah, he's not Peter's not the only one. They had eight or ten guys that yeah. missed that game that could play in the bowl game if they're if they can get, recover. Yep. Nine thirteen is our time. Phone line is open three five six nine three nine seven on uh, Saturday Sports Talk. Brought to you by Illini Pella. We'll take a break and be back with more after this. Join us later today on this Saturday, fighting Illini men's basketball against Old Dominion. We'll have it against the Monarchs at three thirty for Illini game day. Five o'clock tip tonight. All coming your way right here on News Talk 1400, DWS, and our sister station, Light Rock 97.5, WHMS. Phone line is open. Let's go to the phones. Steve is with us in uh, Princeton. What do you say, Steve? Good morning, guys. Hey, you mentioned there's one football game today. Well, I want to tell you about a second football game that the Smith Football Center is very much aware of today, and the video machines will be running, and that's Illinois State and North Dakota State because... Illinois opens with them next year. Right. So I'm quite sure that that game will be taped. It's on ESPN at 11 o'clock. Yeah, it's a playoff game, and that'll be a that'll be a tough battle for the uh, Redbirds, won't it? It'll be awfully tough, but I'm quite sure Illinois is going to be watching the tape because they have a running quarterback now and so forth. So I imagine the machines will be running over there. How closely have you followed ISU? Well, I follow them. I got season tickets, and I got them down in Illinois, too. But uh, but like I said, they just hit a hot streak now, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, maybe a blowout today. I'm not sure, but they played well the last two games. But uh, I know Illinois has always kind of had problems with those lower major schools when they play them non-conference, Eastern Michigan this year. So if they open the season and take Illinois State lightly next year, uh, it could be a long year. Good stuff. Hey, Steve, uh, thanks for taking time to call us. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Let's go back to the phones. Alan in Montrose is with us. Hey, Alan. Morning, guys. Do you expect to see uh, Tevin Jones play today? I do. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think when they lifted the suspension, it was just at a kind of a difficult time at the start of Big Ten play. And, it, yeah. and the way those two games went, uh, he didn't figure to get in. But I think you'll see him in the next uh, couple of games for sure. I think we need somebody we thought Griffin might uh, overtake and take that spot, but we need somebody to take that fifth spot to run with it. Well, don't get bad. don't get too anxious. He hadn't played in a while. Yeah, what what do you I mean? What, that, what do you mean take that fifth spot? Well, I mean, we need an outside uh, shooter, mm-hmm. a wing shooter. Right. And we don't seem to have that yet, and I yeah. think – that could make a world of difference if we get somebody like that going. I don't know. I don't care who it is, but somebody. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it's interesting to see how much Nichols is getting to play right now, and and uh, Jones would have to cut into that, I would assume. Uh, but I don't know how far Jones has fallen behind, but obviously Underwood thinks he's fallen 
pretty far because he hasn't used him the last two games when he had him. Well, Nichols has helped us uh, quite a bit the last couple of games, I think. I mean, in all areas, but uh, he's still not quite the outside shooter. Oh, they that definitely. Open the game up. That's a really good point. Their outside shooting's terrible. They're shooting thirty-one percent on three-pointers right. for the season, and they really the only guy that's that you can count on is uh, Frazier in terms of a, of a three-point shooter, and he has a real problem getting off shots because everybody knows what I just said. <laughs> you know, he's, if he's the only three-point shooter, he's the one guy they're going, everybody's going to try to guard on the arc and not allow him to get open. So, um, well, he goes, he goes left all the time, and Iro goes right all the time. And yep. defensively, the other teams are playing him to that side. Sure. And, uh, it's causing a lot of problems, I think. Yeah, been doing that for three years, haven't he? Yeah, pretty much. That's all I got, guys. Okay, but, Alan, uh, thanks. I'm, yep. Appreciate the call. 919-356-9397 is the number. If you just said before the ball game, there's only going to be one three-pointer made in the game by both teams, you wouldn't have picked the guy that made it to be the guy that made it. Feliz was the only guy that made a three-pointer in that game. Oh, for Illinois, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, Michigan went three for 18. Yeah. Yeah, that which is bad, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I I think Feliz has really uh, improved his shot. I would like to see him shoot more, but I think his mentality is as a penetrator, and uh, I I think that uh, if you can hit a few shots like that, it makes it easier for you to penetrate because you can fake out there and get around sometimes. Yeah, Frazier is uh, just under forty percent. He's thirty nine percent now on on three pointers. Well, he started out over six or yeah. seven, and then then he got then he gonna went on a roll. He's been hitting. The, he's really uh, uh, locked in pretty much on his shooting and on his free throws. What a shame he missed the one free throw against Maryland. Yeah, he's eighty six percent from the uh, foul line. Eighteen for forty six on three pointers, but uh, nobody else is uh, shooting it well. Georgie's percentage isn't bad, but uh, yeah. he hasn't shot enough of those. Let's go back to the phones. That number again, three five six nine three nine seven. Mark is in Urbana. Hey, Mark. Good morning, guys, uh, and uh, hopefully you guys have a, a happy uh, Christmas, Merry Christmas coming up. Um, I just wanted to kind of address the uh, the bad shooting. I, I was wondering, is it possible to, you know, I know uh, uh, Demonte is a uh, a key for defense. But uh, I like to see Alan Griffin get in there, uh, add a little shooting along with uh, Trent, and maybe that'll open things, you know, get things rolling as far as the uh, outside shooting and stuff. And I just want to get your guys' ideas. Yeah, great. Here, here's the Thank problem: you. if you're if you're Alan and you're going to get two shots a game, you can't get you just can't get locked in doing that. In, in other words, you've got to shoot a lot of shots to, to feel to to get the range, to feel comfortable to shoot effectively in the three you, and you, if you're only coming in uh, in brief uh, appearances and then you miss your first shot or two it's really tough it is really tough to get going and I think that if if he played I, let's just say he played somewhere he, he's on another team let's say where they're going to him and he's getting 15 18 shots a game oh man I think he'd be a good scorer, but I do, uh, on, how do you work him into this situation? Do you take Georgie out? No. You don't take Kofi out. You, you want to come in off the bench with uh, Feliz. You've got two other guards, Io and Frazier, that are ahead. I mean, I don't know how you work him in to getting the number of shots that will determine whether he's going to be an effective shooter or not. And now you're going to throw Tevin into the mix. Of, yeah, of and, a- and the same 
problem with him. If yeah. he misses the first one or two, then he'll tighten up. Yep. Griffin uh, shooting 42% from the field, 33% on, on threes, playing 15 minutes a game. I, I guess maybe you'd like to see his uh, minutes go up a little bit. But then again, there's but only so many, yeah, there's so many minutes. And, and remember this, the emphasis on this team is defense. That's the thing that has been uh, the coach has been involved in. And, and I'm going to tell you, I, I had this and I didn't run it before, but here's the, here are the points by the opponents in the last five halves. 31, 25, 34, 28, 34. That's really good. If you can do that, and you're, the defense will win games for you. And that's what, won the, that's what almost won the Maryland game, and that's what won the Michigan game. So the, the, the chance of somebody getting in the, on the court that isn't solid defensively and isn't really effective defensively, what you've got, Fraser is playing a high-level uh, defense, and so is Williams. And Io now they moved him off. They tried to move him off the three into the second guard spot where he's more comfortable, and that's what they're that's what they're thinking about right now is to get the best defensive uh, unit out there. Want to join us? Give us a call here on Illinois Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Let's hear a couple of comments from Brad Underwood as his team uh, gets ready for this ball game tonight against Old Dominion. Dominion. He talked a little bit about. Uh, Andres Feliz and the way the Illini played in that game against Michigan. It's what Dre brings. I think he was four or five in the first half. Uh, that's an unbelievable punch that's coming in when you're when you're bringing one of your best players uh, off the bench and and establishing that identity. Um, you know, and it's it's a very mature way of thinking for him. You know, and, and he knows into the Maryland game the ball's in his hands. The other night at the end of the game he's in. He's the one that understands that it doesn't matter who starts. Yet he impacts the game at, at a very, very high level when he does come in. So uh, it, it's helped our team, and, and, and he's a very mature young man in understanding that, and, and, and it's impacted our bench production a lot. Brad Underwood on Andres Feliz. Uh, Feliz coming off the bench. Here's Andres talking about that role. I'm a team guy, like I always say, and I think that was the way for me to help my team, and that's what I did. If I only play one minute, or if I play 30 minutes, that like for me, just like find a way to help the team. That's what I, I like to do. That's what I like to like, give it up for my team. If the coaching staff asks me to do that's what I'm going to do. I mean, mentally prepared, you know, like it's the same thing, like playing, like starting the game and not starting the game. It's like there's only a few minutes in between, and like for me, I'm just ready to go from the jump. The same mentality, you know, trying to be a pick ball on the ball and, uh, you know, trying to be tough and guard anybody that, that is against us and, you know, do, do it all because that's when uh, uh, offense will win two games, but defense will like, win, uh, win two championships. Andres Feliz on his role coming off the bench, and I, we kind of saw that coming, and it began with the Maryland game when uh, DeMonte went into the starting lineup. I, yeah. I kind of like what Feliz brings, both yeah. ends of the court. I think, I think uh, Coach did it uh, all but three games last year. He yeah. likes bringing that scoring punch off the bench, and when you do bring him in, maybe the opposing team isn't quite as aware of him as they would be if he was starting. And, you know, you can put him in, you can slot him in wherever you want to and for whoever you want to, and he, he can come in for any one of three or four guys. So what's next for Illinois, of course, is the game today against Old Dominion at State Farm Center, and then a week from today, the bragging rights game in St. Louis against Missouri. So a little time in between, some... Uh, Practice and teaching time. The coaches love that. Uh, and get your grades, uh, get your finals in. <laughs> that's right. They love that uh, time with no games uh, for a few days so they can 
get back to putting things in. I'm sure they don't have everything in they want to get in and uh, do some uh, some scouting of the Missouri Tigers. And should be a fun game, fun atmosphere, as always, in St. Louis around Christmas time coming yeah, up. 12 noon game. That's that's uh, going to give uh, – that's, that's awful early. So through uh, 10 games, Illinois is 7-3. and three. What are you most impressed slash surprised with so oh, far? Oh, I think the rebounding and the defense yeah. and, and the foul. I mean, they've improved in all three areas. Remember last year how much, how, many, how much trouble Illinois was having with fouling in terms of the other team shooting more free throws than Illinois? Then you've got the defense that gave up way too many layups, and that has changed both not only with Kofi but with the fact that they're they're playing they're playing it a little differently and I think that uh, Frazier is a better defensive player than and I think that Williams is a better defensive player uh, Williams has gained so much athletically since he's recovered from that injury and the fact he started so slow as a freshman last year he was better but right now he's he's athletic as he can be and you've got big number 21 uh, protecting the rim you didn't yep. have that uh, element yep. last year but Kofi Coburn is surprising me on the defensive end and surprising me in not fouling at, That's a, right. at a high Make pace. Four blocks in that last game against Michigan. Four blocks is important and and because, uh, you know, he's blocking shots that are practically layups, and those are usually made if you don't block them. Yeah, I thought he had more than that. Uh, yeah, it seemed four. like it, didn't it? It did. Well, a couple of them were so emphatic that yeah. <laughs> they maybe you ought to give him two for that, yeah. the way he slapped it off the board. Let's go back to the phones. We've got uh, Dave in Springfield on with us. Go ahead, Dave. Hi, guys. How you doing this morning? Fine. How are you, sir? Uh, question about the Breaking Rice game next Saturday. I heard Mark Tupper yesterday say that the game will not be on television locally, and I'm just very frustrated with that. It's going to be on the SEC channel, is what he said. Is that right? That is right. My uh, goodness, that's news to me. I'm stunned. Yeah, I, it is the SEC one of our biggest channel. games of the year, and you can't watch it. You know? Well, I'm really pleased that my daughter has SEC. <laughs> <laughs> does she, does she have SEC channel she had, on purpose? She or had it? A, well, she's got it on purpose because of an earlier game with Arizona. Or not Arizona. Who, uh, it who, was, but that's a different conference, a different network. Wait a minute. That was on the Pac-12. Wait a minute. That was Pac-12. Excuse yeah. me. I've got SEC. I've got SEC. I think. <laughs> I think I do. And do you have it on purpose, or you just have it? Well, have it? I just have it. I, I, I think it's a part of my. I, I think it's a part of my cable, but I'll have to double check. I never watch it, but yeah. I think I've got it. Yeah, I think actually, I think I do too. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not on Comcast that you know of, is it? Not that I know of. That's what I have, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Well, okay, well, other than that, uh, the, boy, the team is exciting. It kind of reminds me of the 1984 team, you know, with Ephraim Winters and Bruce Douglas and uh, Altenberger, in that they're sophomores and they didn't expect a lot out of them, but yet they did it, really did a good job, played great. And this team is, is striking me as very similar to that. Good stuff. Hey, Dave, thanks for the call. Thank you. you Have a good day. 9.30, WDWS Champaign-Urbana, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, 30 minutes in the books. We'll take a break and be back with more after this. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, moving up on 9.32. Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly with you until 11. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Let's talk some baseball now. Our friend Bernie Miklas from St. Louis is on the line with us. Good morning, Bernie. Happy holidays. Same to you, Steve and Lauren. Uh, good to be with you. Baseball winter meetings are in the book. The last week in uh, San Diego, no breaking news 
St. Louis-wise that I'm aware of, but uh, let's uh, get your take on what the Cardinals may or may not try to do in this offseason. If anything. It's, yeah, well, I know. it's uh, they, uh, they sort of let us know at the beginning of the offseason that they were uh, probably we shouldn't count on any kind of major activity. So at least they were. I guess we can say at least they were upfront about it. Uh, so far, they're they're staying to what they said. Um, you know, by my count, unofficially, so far this off season, twenty seven teams have either signed a free agent or made a trade. Cardinals are one of the three teams that haven't done either one of those things. So uh, there is time. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not like you're going. They're going to spring training you know, next, next Saturday. But my concern would be that they think they're a better team than they are. You know, they're counting on too much, you know, too much uh, productivity, durability, things like that from the players they already have. And they may turn out to be right, but if, if they're not right, it, it, it could be a pretty rough year. Any thoughts about uh, the loss of Waka? Well, I thought that they pretty much got everything they could out of him. I, I mean, mm-hmm. on a personal note, I I think it's – I really respect the guy because he was a great teammate. He was unselfish. Never complained if they took him out of the rotation, this or that. Um, and I also felt some, some regret from the standpoint that, you know, we, we all remember what he was like in 2013 and – I'll never forget that postseason. He even started late in the regular season in 2013. And you thought, well, here's a guy that's going to be a Cardinal for, for his whole career, and he's going to be an ace. But it, just very unfortunate with that sh- shoulder blade stress condition that, that he never would never leave him alone. And um, it's a situation where his fastballs dropped about two miles an hour. It was very, very hittable. And he, it's really hard for him to maintain over a course of a season the stamina that he needs to be effective. He can be good through stretches. He might even be able to help you out in the bullpen. But I, uh, I, I didn't think it was anything surprising about it. I don't, I don't have a problem with it either. Martinez in the rotation. That's their plan, and. Again, you know, so far so good this off season, but we've heard that before. So we'll see what he's like when he gets to spring training. But if he's in the rotation, that's a big boost because I think we tend to we tend to underestimate or maybe sort of forget a little bit just how good he was 2015, 16, 17. I mean, he was basically a top 10 major league starting pitcher. That's what the statistics tell us. And if he can, you know, get back to that level and maintain that level, um, you know, that's a heck of a pitcher to add to your rotation. Uh, so you can't make predictions because, you you know, we've been down this road before with him, but uh, and the Cardinals tend to underestimate, or maybe they overestimate, I should say. They tend, they tend to be too optimistic about uh, people coming off injuries. But uh, if, he, if he is going to be that guy again, it's pretty good timing for the Cardinals. We're talking uh, baseball with Bernie Miklas from The Athletic in St. Louis. And a guy that never misses the show, especially when Bernie is on, is Marty down in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Go ahead, Marty. You're <laughs> uh, on Marty. the air. 
Morning, Steve. Morning, Lauren. Morning, Bernie. What you got? Good morning. Uh, Bernie, I got several things to throw at you. You can throw them back at me and say it's too much. Um, one, um, what about a one-year, I won't say stopgap, but a left-handed bat uh, to give some of the young guys some time to develop, like a Jock Peterson who the Dodgers could get rid of that wouldn't cost as much, good on base, good power. Second scenario, what about, they're talking about Frankie Lindor and the Dodgers, what about DeYoung, a couple outfielders, and a young pitching prospect to bring him for a couple years? And then third, the, new, the news, of course, the network guys like to splash around about, uh, and I don't think the Cardinals will spend the money, uh, a David Price, because the Red Sox need salary relief um, for the rotation. Are they just set in their ways that they're not going to do anything or something like one of those three scenarios available? I think uh, one thing they're pretty consistent about um, is that if they're going to make a trade and give up young players, they're not going to do it for a one-year guy. Um, They did that chance. They took that chance with Jason Hayward a few years ago. And, you know, from their perspective, it didn't, it didn't work out. Um, not that it was a bad thing that he didn't sign with the Cardinals because I don't think he's all that. But no. um, the situation, though, Jock Peterson can can leave after next season. So to me, that he would eliminate him. Much, from, I don't think he'd cost much. I don't know. They're a, they're asking for a lot. Um, the, really. the second the second thing is um, who did you mention? Lynn, the, Lind, Lindor with a the young couple outfielders and pitching prospect. Yeah, I don't. I have no. I'm Marty. I'm really terrible at, at sort of putting together those trades uh, as far as what it would take. I have no idea. Yep. And and he does have two years left, and I think that would make yep. it more likely. But I also think there'd be a lot of teams interested in him. Oh, so sure. they would have they would have to bid they would they would have to compete and and outbid a lot of big players for him if he's available. So I mean those are two those are two of the the answers right away. I. Uh, David Price, I think, would have some interest, but because they 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 offered him a heck of a lot of money before the Red Sox got him at the last minute, but I do think there's some concerns about his elbow, and I don't know how that would factor into uh, their their level of uh, enthusiasm to try to make that trade. Gotcha. Is a is a Corey Dickerson a possibility? Uh, I like him a lot. You know, for everybody carrying on about Ozuna leaving, you know, and what are they going to do? I mean, Corey Corey Dickerson's been a better hitter than Marcelo Ozuna. In fact, last year wasn't even close, and he just kills right-handed pitching. But there's a lot of competition for him now. I mean, the idea that, I, you know, I saw it, maybe you get him in a one-year deal, but I think he's already got some two-year offers on the table. So here we go again. I'm not saying all all paths lead to a dead end, but – a lot of paths gotcha. lead to a detour, and, and there are some dead ends. They just seem—they're uh, extra, extra cautious this uh, uh, this off season. It, gotcha. Unless they—they're planning on something to throw us a big surprise party, but uh, you know, well, I don't think they've got think good they're young in, outfielders. Maybe it's time to give them. Yeah, a and chance. They, they, see, and that's the thing. They've got to do something about it because they just can't keep carrying they these keep guys. Going. All these guys. <laughs> You can't keep them in the minors. So I, I don't – it's kind of a headache, to be honest with you, as you know. It really is. I mean, yeah. it it defies easy explanations because they don't 
they don't seem to know. They they don't seem to have arrived to a conclusion about who they like the best. They're going to play the guys under contract is the best I can determine their their path of least resistance. So, you know, the idea of giving you know giving all these young guys like total total playing time, it's not going to happen with Fowler there. Um, it, it'll you know I it, and I tell you another thing. If Dylan Carlson's as good as they say he is. I mean, uh, John Mazelak actually compared him to Albert Pujols uh, in a TV interview here, and I, I don't think it was in the con. I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was in the context of him meaning that that he was going to be a Hall of Fame player like Pujols, but the, they would have a cornerstone offensive player like yeah, a Pujols for the first Gorman time. Gorman and Carlson are the only two impact bats that the the so-called experts think the Cardinals have. And, and here's uh, the thing: the thing I was gonna, the thing I was gonna say to finish my point about Carlson, if he's as good as they, as they, they're comparing him to Albert Pujols. It's not me. It's not you. It's not Lauren. It's not yeah. Steve. They're the ones comparing him to Albert Pujols. Well, if he's Albert Pujols, then his butt better be in left field on opening day <laughs> instead of playing these con- yeah. in, instead of playing these contract games. Well, we can't call him up because of burn a year free agency. He's going to have to stay there till June. You know, no. If he's Albert Pujols, let's put a uniform on him and and put him in a lineup yep. for game one. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. On that. <laughs> okay, Marty. Well, I can't argue with I can't argue with your logic, Bernie. It's you know, what can I say? Hey, we're pres- going to have to uh, Marty, some of those outfielders. Yeah, what I Marty. One of the things I always like hearing from you and you. I appreciate the fact that you understand that I'm not endorsing what they're doing, but it's just I'm, you know, I'm trying to explain that why I don't think yep. they'll do certain things going by the, their track record, you know. So, because on yep. my own show, people get mad at me because they think I'm kind of rubber stamping what they're what the Cardinals are doing or not. No, not at all. But no. I guess I've learned well, you there's no point, you know, there's no point in raising my blood pressure. And uh, in, in like sort yeah. of hollering about stuff that's not going to happen. You know well, what I mean? What, what gets me is usually they target <laughs> what they want to do early, and they make a decision early before anything's going on. And I'm I'm don't think they're going to do much because they haven't targeted anybody and and made a big decision on anybody early. So that's right, and that that has been their bad. pattern. Yeah, that has been their pattern. They they I'm, usually make their big move early, and they and, you know, and if they don't, then they're going to look for the so-called value signing. So let's see what they yeah. come up with. But and uh, I think they're hoping I've that got... Reyes can come back and help the bullpen. Yeah, one way or the other, that would be nice. But it would, just to have him in play because he's such a talent, and it's so sad that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah, people have forgotten. People have forgotten about him. He was the talk of baseball three years ago, and they've forgotten about yeah. him. Yeah. All right, Marty. Hey, thanks well, for thanks for the call. We appreciate it as well, always. Thanks for giving me that much time, Steve. I appreciate it. And Lauren, you did a good job the other night with Michigan. I thought you did a good job. <laughs> well, Bernie, I'm going to I'm going to swing you around because uh, we got Illinois, Missouri coming up uh, next Saturday, and yeah. uh, I just want you to give me an idea how the fans of Missouri are handling things right now with a new football coach coming in and. And the basketball team, uh, where is the basketball team in your view at this point? Well, they've been a, a disappointment so far. I mean, there's talent there. Uh, you know, they, they're they up and down. They're not 
the strength of the team is supposed to be three-point shooting, outside shooting, and inside play with Tillman. And Tillman's been playing a lot of basketball at Mizzou. You know, this is, he's a, you know, he's an upperclassman and he's been a starter since he walked in. But he he still has problems staying on the floor. He gets into foul trouble. He's a heck of a talent, but he just can't stay on the floor. And the guy's supposed to be, you know, the 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 guys from long distance and 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 the guys that make the offense go, just just aren't hitting the threes uh, and and not not hitting from outside much at all. So they've been very inconsistent. There's some grumbling over Conzo Martin, which I frankly find to be totally ridiculous. He's 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 early into his third season. His first season, he got him to the NCAA tournament without his best player, who was out all year, and they hadn't been in the tournament in four years. And last year, I think we all knew it was going to be a, a rebuilding year, especially when he lost uh, John Tay Porter for the season. It, so. But I, I'm get I get questions people asking like you know he is he on the hot seat why would he be on the hot seat I mean Norm Stewart was after three years on the job was one game over 500 I mean Conzo's 20 over 500 and I'm a little disappointed in the way this season has started and I think they're going to get better but he's he's still the right coach and I certainly believe in him um, I'm glad that they have him. I think Illinois is better right now, obviously. Maybe that's not saying much in terms of a big revelation because I think you all know that. But I expect a good game. I just hope it's a good game because I'd like to see this game get back to what it was where it was like one of the events of the year on the calendar, you know, and it's not quite that anymore. It's still we all look forward to it. Don't get me wrong, but it's lost a lot of buzz through the years. Well, it takes two good, you know, it takes teams that are yeah. maybe ranked at least or in the top 25 to get the fans really that excited, although they get pretty excited when they get there. But the uh, it'll be a sellout if, if they have that kind of uh, talent level, and uh, I don't think it's quite there from the Missouri side. I'm, I'm disappointed in Tillman, and I'm not sure what Mark Smith is. is he has some good games and some bad games, and I mean, I'm, I'm talking scoring-wise. I'm not watching them play, so sure. I, I don't That's really right. know. You're right. What's going on in football, though? I, I, Illinois just picked up a, a, tra- a you know a, a decommit from Missouri, uh, and and it sounded like uh, there's some unhappiness there. I, are you pleased with the new coach? Uh, I'm in the minority. I, I was really excited about the hire, and okay. I think as people find out people find out more about him, the more they like him. There's people hung up on his age, which I frankly don't understand. I mean, I think it's increasingly a young coaches game to begin with and we have seen you know programs across america have great success with young young coaches and it's not like he hasn't been a head coach before i mean appalachian state's got a heck of a program yeah they've got a better program than mizzou and so i kind of i'm kind of the um, contrarian on this one because i see a young guy with with rent just endless energy Great personality, uh, great family man. I mean, he'll work 22 hours a day. Uh, he has a superb offensive mind. He's worked for great coaches, uh, including being on the staff, Gene Chiswick, when Auburn won the national championship, uh, learning offense from Gus Malzahn, coaching at Arkansas State for Brian Harzen, being the offensive coordinator at Boise State, taking NC State's offense to, to a, like a top 25 level. And then he goes to Appalachian State, and he takes a good program over, but he makes it better. So 
So, I mean, I, I, he's paid his dues. He just happens to be young. But I'd rather take a chance on a young guy with tremendous upside who's already shown he can coach. I mean, they're they're 12 and one in Appalachian State this year, and they're ranked 20th in the country. So, I I view it that Missouri's fortunate to have him. That he didn't need them because he'd have a better job a year from now. But he wanted to take an SEC job, and he likes this part of the country. So. I think I think they needed him more than he needed them, and it's, I'm excited that he's there. I really am. How difficult is it for Missouri being in the SEC? Well, the SEC East provides some wiggle room because right now Missouri's not as good as Georgia or Florida. But even with Barry Odom and no offense, they played Florida tough this past year, and they certainly should be able to build a program in a state this large with two major metropolitan areas and not that far from uh, some other good recruiting grounds. They have a Texas pipeline. They certainly should be able to year year after year to be better than, say, Kentucky and uh, South Carolina, and uh, depending on where Tennessee is. But, you know, Missouri should be an upper-tier SEC East team. They shouldn't be a bottom feeder, you know, and they've been a bottom feeder. You know, only time they win is they, they don't – they haven't had a game uh, – many moments like a beating a Wisconsin the way Lovey did this year. You know, they, they, they mostly beat, beat up on teams that were just having horrible seasons. So they're, they're an underachiever and maybe the young coach will unlock some of this stuff. I, I think he's made a, a really good impression so far. Uh, it, and I try to remind people, I try to remind people Dan Devine was 34 when he took over his, at Mizzou greatest right. coach they ever had. So, you know, he uh, – and and when they hired Gary Pinkle, who did a phenomenal job, I mean, people were shrugging back then, like, well, why are they hiring some guy out of the MAC? So Missouri fans are um, – some of them may be listening, and they get mad at me, even though I, I really want to see Mizzou do great. Missouri fans get awfully haughty for a football program and haven't won all that much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bernie, always good to talk to you. Appreciate you taking time, and uh, we'll talk to you after the turn of the uh, new year sometime in January. Well, I always enjoy it, guys, and maybe by the next time we, we visit, the Cardinals will have done something. So I hope so. <laughs> Give us something to talk about. Appreciate it. Thanks. We'll thanks, see you. Holidays. Take you, care. You too. Bye. Bernie Miklas with us at 950. We'll take a quick break and be back after this. Stay with us. Join us later today on this Saturday, Fighting Illini men's basketball against Old Dominion. We'll have it against the Monarchs at 3.30 for Illini game day, 5 o'clock tip tonight. And you can hear it right here on News Talk 1400, DWS, Illinois Basketball, Old Dominion, and Illinois. Unusual start time at 5 o'clock. A couple of notes uh, in stuff that we were talking about a little bit earlier. The SEC network on Comcast is 601 on your dial. And we had a question off the air about uh, how is Lewis Garrison doing, the referee. I don't know if... If he is working this weekend or not, but he's doing well, we're told. With uh, he's the the one that uh, that got the the haymaker, so to speak, from Kofi Coburn when Kofi wound up in that celebration uh, fist bump and uh, got him right across the top of the head. But uh, he left uh, the State Farm Center, went to uh, Carl for some routine tests, but he's doing well. But that uh, he's scheduled on a game today. Is he? Uh, he's scheduled. I, you yeah. Know, as far as I know, he, he's doing it. But I. I can't say. But, yeah, he – Kofi caught him before he hit the uh, hit the ground. Then he went down to his hands and knees after that. But uh, 
That was that was tough. And I, you know, I maybe you saw. Well, I was sitting right next to you, but I didn't see it happen in real time. Oh, I didn't see it happen in no. real time. Of course, there's a lot of things that happen in the game that we don't see from down where oh, we are. I, anything. That's right. I mean, <laughs> I'm blocked all the time. I'm. I, yeah, I, but you take it so well. You never get upset. Well, I'm upset all the time. I mean, <laughs> when I can't see the game, yeah, I, I got you know maybe the worst seat in the house. I don't know. Maybe there's somebody as bad, but there's nobody got a worse seat. Maybe the guy behind me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're standing up all the time. Yeah, that's true. In the crush. And I stand up a lot. You, I, you can see if you stand up. But but seated, you can't see. I mean, I couldn't call traveling. I never see anybody below the waist. I couldn't. If I had to go into a court and hold up and do all the, I, I will tell the, I do all that stuff, I couldn't tell you if a guy was dribbling the ball or not. <laughs> you really can't see it. Well, no. And, and you, know how you, uh, you know how you know when it's a big game, when it's a really big game? I mean, it's, it's one thing to have Underwood standing right in front of you and the official standing right in front of you. But when the game's really big, the assistants stand up. They get all excited, and when they stand up, then you got like four guys standing in front of you, plus Brian and, and plus Dion. the second row of assistants. Well, they don't they don't really block our view, but they're standing up too, and there's six <laughs> or eight guys back there. <laughs> well, just get the whole house to stand up, and we'd be in good shape, right? Yeah. But I didn't see that happen in, in real time. I didn't see it till I got home and uh, saw it uh, on the BTN on their uh, post game show. Happened to see it then, but. Uh, we think he's doing okay. As you, Lauren mentioned, he's scheduled to work today. We'll have to keep an eye out to see uh, if that happens. Just an unfortunate thing. Those those things happen. But uh, when you saw it in slow motion, <laughs> you could see him walking right into it. Three five six nine three nine seven is the number if you want to chat with us a little bit. We're going to talk with the executive director of the Red Box Bowl coming up at uh, the top of the hour when we kick off hour number two let's talk a little more a little more basketball we were talking about the defense and uh, certainly that's one of the things that uh, Brad Underwood has been happy about we'll play that uh, clip for you here in a moment like right now perhaps Demonte Williams was incredible I thought the job he did on on livers was good during the game and then in our grade out session uh, was by far and away our, our highest grade out defensively. I thought the three guards all took turns with, with, with Xavier Simpson. Uh, did a great job with rear view closeouts, as we, as we call them, chasing over the top of ball screens, uh, which you have to do with him. And then uh, was very pleased with our dominance on the glass. You know, I think 31 points and 18 rebounds from, from G and 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 Kof and and that was a was a, a big part of, of of what we did there and very impressed with that. Coach Underwood uh, mentioned Demonte Williams. Here's Demonte on kind of being the defensive stopper. We go by this thing called kills, um, where we just get more than one stop. Um, I really just dialed in on that part, uh, just being aggressive, uh, both ends really, um, and trying to get stops so we can win. Knowing what other players like to do and being able to take that away from them uh, puts us in a good position to win. Demonte Williams, I saw an interesting trivia question. There's one team, one school, let's put it that way because it's two teams, <laughs> one school in the country that has a win in football against a top 10 team and a win in basketball against a top five team at the time you played them, and it's Illinois. 
the only Wisconsin team in football. The only team that has done that at this point, I guess, I suppose it could still happen through the basketball season with somebody, a school that whose football team knocked off a top ten football team might do the same in basketball. But right now, that uh, Illinois holds that distinction. But a win against a top five team on the road has yeah. been thirty years, right? That's the number, and they came awfully close. They really number. did. Yeah, it was the Indiana. But you know, rankings at this point in the season, first of all, you're not going to have three Big Ten teams all ranked in the top five. Not for long. I mean, it just doesn't happen. They'll play each other, if nothing else, or they'll get upset, and as Michigan did. But uh, right now, I would say anytime you bring up rankings, I just kind of, you know, I just think, oh, okay, well, it'll be different next week. How many, t- how many number ones have we had? Four or five? Yeah, at least. Yeah. And who, I don't even know who's number one right at the moment. Louisville. Louisville, I guess. But they lost this week. So, see who's next for that. Maybe nobody wants it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants it, but nobody can get it. But nobody wants it in December for very long because it's, uh, you're not staying there very yeah. long. We're moving up uh, towards the top of the hour. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Hour number one of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk is in the books. We'll take a break. Be back with hour number two right after this. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the show, everybody. With you until 11 o'clock here on uh, DWS. We've talked some football, some baseball, some basketball, all kinds of uh, things coming up. And we will uh, continue to do that as we uh, move along. Lorna, say something smart while I do this real quick. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know what to say. That would be very smart. Uh, if you want me to take a long time, I've got a, uh, I've got a, a list of the all-decade football team that I uh, actually put out. I mean, that I uh, did this for Mike Pearson. And uh, I just want to say that my three players of the year, of the decade, rather, are defensively Whitney Mer- Merciless. The uh, I picked him uh, for defense. I picked Shieldhouse for uh, the offensive player of the year. And I think that uh, Hayes, who punted for the Illini this year, he's a, a third-year punter. I think he's the uh, special teams player of the decade. Uh, the The line is difficult because of the shortage of offensive tackles, but I I settled on Jeff Allen and Hugh Thornton over um, the idea of moving some guards around. Allegretti and Karras certainly are, are uh, going to be in there, and Asamoa, who uh, played earlier uh, and had a very good pro career. Uh, would have been my guard. So I'm just, uh, Steve, I'm just giving out the, the guys that I kind of chose for the for the all-decade team. A.J. Jenkins was, uh, my, yep. was mm-hmm. my leading receiver. I did not have Dudek on it, but he was very close. And, of course, LaShore was my number one running back. Good job, young fella. <laughs> so is that, that's my filler. That's fine. We always got to have filler because I was uh, getting in touch and taking a call and uh, setting up uh, our next guest, Ryan Opelt. Is his name. He is the executive director of the Red Box Bowl. He's with us on the phone from uh, California, Northern California. Ryan, good morning. How are you doing out there? Hey, good morning. Uh, I'm doing very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No problem. And you've been with uh, what is now known as the Red Box Bowl since uh, 
way back when, right, since it got started. It's, it's had several names over the years. That is correct. Yeah, back in 2002, we started the game uh, up in San Francisco. I used to play it at the baseball stadium here, and uh, yeah, I've been with the game ever since. And now, of course, we're we're the Red Box Bowl, and, uh, and we're down at uh, Levi Stadium, and uh, really excited about this year's matchup. You've got Illinois making a second visit to that bowl. It was the Kraft Fight Hunger Bowl um, when Illinois was out there a few years ago. Talk about this matchup of uh, Illinois and California. Yeah, you know, we're just really excited. Uh, another great Pac-12 versus Big Ten matchup. Uh, you know, both of these teams, are, they're on the rise and um, have some great, exciting players. Uh, we know that uh, our Bay Area fans are going to be excited about coming out and, and supporting and, and watching this great game. And, of course, uh, I'm sure that the Illinois fan base, you know, having not been to a game in, in five years, has got to be energized and excited to come out to San Francisco and, uh, and watch, you know, two, two really good teams, uh, quality players. Uh, obviously, we have two of the um, – the uh, best tacklers in the nation, right? And Cal's Evan Weaver and Illinois' Dell Harding. So, so that's pretty cool. So, so we feel really good about the matchup. How are our ticket sales going at this point? Ticket sales are going well. Uh, you know, it's one of those um, matchups where you got a nice component with, you know, a local team here and, and then, of course, a good quality brand in, in Illinois. Um, so, yeah, things are trending really well, and uh, I think the date is important for us. Uh, the fact that it's post-Christmas, December 30th, Monday afternoon, um, you know, very, very family-friendly. And, and so, yeah, no, things are trending really well for us. Ray, this is Lauren Tate. Uh, tell us about the Cal team, and, and uh, you said that they're on the rise uh, it's been an up and down. I think both teams have been up and down over the years, but tell us a little more about Cal. Yeah, so uh, interesting. You know, they started out, they had four straight uh, wins and they kind of riding high, and unfortunately their quarterback got hurt, and so um, they, they sort of struggled. Then they had four straight losses, and, and I think actually both of the teams um, experienced that. So they went through some adversity, uh, and then, you know, quarterback came back. They, they ended the game, or they ended the season with two great strong wins against uh, Stanford, the local uh, rival here. They hadn't beaten them in nine years, and then went down and, and beat uh, UCLA at the Rose Bowl. So uh, definitely finished going in the right direction. The quarterback's healthy, and, and they were a different team, uh, you know, under uh, Chase Garber. So, um, you know, very, very great defense, of course, Justin Wilcox. You guys are familiar with him. He was defensive coordinator in Wisconsin. And so they're, um, they're a very, uh, very well-coached team, and the fact that the quarterback's now healthy, uh, the offense is definitely clicking. What's uh, the feeling out there relative to the uh – the fact that the Pac-12, uh, for, for whatever reason, hasn't been able to crack that top four, I know that's got to be a concern. Do you, do you, are you uh, in uh, discussions at all about whether this thing might go to eight teams in the playoff in the future? Yeah, you know, um, obviously uh, I think it's a lot to do with scheduling and, and you know, uh, everything is cyclical. And, you know, I think you, you point to Oregon and a team that, you know, went down and played Auburn, played them really tough. Uh, you know, in a non-conference game, and you know they lost that game, and and so there's there's definitely thought around. Okay, how do you balance the scheduling, and and what's important, and are you getting docked if you schedule big games like that? That you know you take a loss at, and, and would have you been better off scheduling a, a you know a game that you maybe had a better shot at winning, and and you're 11 and one, and you're probably you know going into the the playoff at that point. So I think everybody's looking at it, um, trying to figure out you know what's that formula, what's the model, and. Uh, and we'll see where things go. I think right, you know, right now we've got to be a little bit careful, too. Uh, going to eight teams, uh, that, that shifts sort of the focus of the college football season, which I think is you know, the most exciting kind of regular season in sports you know, to, to a playoff um, you know, sort of on the back end. And so there's a good balance there. 
We are visiting with Ryan Opelt. He's the executive director of the Red Box Bowl out in uh, California. And how long have you guys had your eye on Illinois? And talk a little bit about that and the selection process of when you really start focusing in on teams. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, we track it uh, very closely throughout the season, and, and we're always kind of looking at, um, you know, how things are going to possibly play out. I think, yeah, after Illinois had that huge win against Wisconsin, you know, that really put, you know, I think, frankly, everybody on notice in the college football world uh, that uh, Coach Lovey Smith's got this program going in the right direction, and uh, they are a team that certainly has a shot of getting bowl eligible. Um, so I think, you know, after that win, we were really kind of uh, zeroed in on, you know, tracking Illinois very closely. Um, of course, following up with the, you know, the largest comeback in the history of Illinois and beating Michigan State uh, to get bowl eligible, um, you know, just another great day. And, uh, and so as we kind of look for those storylines and, and look to kind of see, you know, which, which teams we think are going to be in our mix, uh, Illinois definitely, uh, you know, fit the bill on that for us. Every college football player, I would guess, would like to play in a pro stadium. Tell us more about Levi's Stadium, where the 49ers now play. You've had some some big games there with them, obviously, and some uh, big games otherwise, too. We have, yeah. No, we feel obviously very fortunate to have an incredible state-of-the-art uh, stadium down in Santa Clara and Levi's Stadium. Uh, of course, we host some, some very good matchups. Uh, national Championship last year we hosted was a part of that, and course we hosted the Super Bowl and and now that the Niners are playing so well um, it's pretty exciting and we know that the student athletes and fans will really enjoy the experience uh, getting getting to play in a you know premier NFL stadium. Ray uh, I hear that the contracts are are up on on a number of these uh, uh, arrangements that the Big Ten has are you going to be in the future uh, connected with the Big Ten? Yeah, so all the cycles are, uh, you know, kind of up at the same year. And so, yeah, we're very fortunate to be able to continue our relationship um, with the Big Ten Conference and the Pac-12 going forward. Are you familiar with how many, I mean, can you give us an idea, is, are there a lot of shift, is there a lot of shifting going on? You know, I think there are a couple of minor shifts, but um, for the most part, I think fans and, and folks you know, will we'll kind of see a pretty similar lineup going forward. A couple of minor shifts here and there. What uh, what was the uh, Cal uh, attendance like this year, and and how much do you think that they will turn out for this game? Yeah, you know, I think the Bears did very well. Uh, of course, we're all uh, you know adjusting and adapting to the different times of these games, and you know the uncertainty of exactly when they're going to be played. But um, you know, the fact that they started out four and zero, they were ranked. Uh, you know, that that always helps. That builds some momentum, and um, you know, that they attended very very well. Fans, um, you know, it's a great, beautiful stadium over there. Uh, just about you know forty five minutes or so um, from from Santa Clara, and you know, their fan base is pretty rabid. Um, I think they're very excited. Again, the date works out. Um, you know, very well. And, and to play a team like Illinois is, is definitely attractive for their fan base. And I would guess plenty of things for fans to do if they make the trip out there. You've got the Alcatraz opportunity and uh, certainly a great city in San Francisco to hang out in and, uh, for three or four days. Yeah, you know, we feel we're pretty fortunate. We have obviously a world-class city to be able to spend a few days out here in San Francisco and, uh, you know, take the student-athletes over to Alcatraz, a ton of other events happening throughout the city, a big pep rally right in downtown San Francisco. And then, of course, we get to just go down uh, to play the game at Levi's Stadium in an incredible professional um, stadium. So we have a very good model. We're very fortunate uh, for our bowl experience. Ray, I believe that uh, Lovey was just out there. I, maybe I think they came back yesterday. I'm not sure, but uh, he and Kent Brown and several others were made the trip out there. What? What were, were you with them? What were they doing? 
Yeah, so we had the, both coaches out. We do kind of a media blitz to uh, get some exposure for the game and uh, had an opportunity to meet uh, meet Lovey, and he's just so impressive, obviously, with his history and the resume. It speaks for itself, uh, but you can just tell he's got that special quality, and I'm sure his team loves playing for him. Just a really neat, impressive guy. Anything else go on out there for them other than the press conference? Press conference uh, did some some media, some TV and radio, and and then we had a nice little reception that evening with all of the you know some of our partners and all of our bowl host committee that that essentially work you know throughout the bowl week, making sure that everyone has a great experience out here. So, a uh, real good opportunity to spend some time with them. And and our TV partner Fox was up there as well. So we're one of the only games uh, on Fox Sports broadcast. So uh, very thankful for their support and their partnership and. Uh, and, of course, Redbox, our title sponsor. So a uh, great partner of ours and uh, fortunate for, for their partnership as well. Hey, Ryan, we appreciate your time. We'll, uh, I, I'll, I'll look forward to meeting you in person. I'll be heading out uh, with the uh, team or shortly there after the team comes out next uh, in the next 10 days or so. So uh, we'll look forward to meeting you in person. But thanks for your time this morning. Yeah, I appreciate it so much, guys. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing a lot of Alina fans coming out to San Francisco for the bowl game. Yep, thanks again. Ryan Opelt. All right. From the Redbox Bowl, he's the executive director. Gary is with us on the phone. Gary, go ahead. Yeah, hi. I was going to call in and ask what – I tuned in a little late, but I didn't know if you had talked anything about the, uh, the President's Cup yet. It's on my list. I hadn't gotten to it yet, but it's a 10-8 international lead going into the singles matches. You've been watching it, have you? Yeah, I was, you know, stayed up a little late to watch it last night and uh, and, and the night before. But uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, they 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 kind of started off pretty slow. Um, and what's amazing is the is the course itself is uh, is pretty awesome. I, I mean, it's the same guy that that designed the Augusta National Course, and uh, these guys have had to really adapt to you know the Americans, especially to uh, you know to play this course and 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 do it well. I think they. They started off pretty slow. They almost got behind 9-1 in scoring, except for the uh, in that second round. They they came back at the end and, and closed it up a little bit. They were behind by four, and then and then yesterday, or you know last night early, I guess they uh, they kind of came back. And it was weird because they had Justin Thomas uh, was picked with uh, Ricky Fowler. I guess uh, Tiger decided he wasn't going to play because he was feeling a little tight, but. Uh, they had a five uh, a five point lead going or five hole lead going into the uh, the second nine and uh, and then Abraham answer and I think Leishman they came back and tied it at the end otherwise they would have been you know uh, nine to nine uh, going into the uh, the finals today. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that uh, Tiger didn't play in back to back sessions. Uh, maybe he had he had that planned all along to play at least. Two rounds. He's going to end up. He's playing three because he's going to play on the final day with the singles. But I thought that was an interesting uh, uh, piece of strategy, if it was strategy on his part, to take himself out. Yeah, they said he might have been a little bit tight in the morning and said he didn't want to, you know, play all the rounds. So, but you know, they say he's playing. You know, I watched him. He's been playing one of the best, uh, you know, of managing that course. Uh, and it, it's 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 pretty awesome. It's. I mean, there's a ton of sand on that course. If you, ever, you see some of those uh, things, and the greens are really hard and fast and sloping this way and that way. So, anyway, it's it's not like you know the you know throwing darts at, at some of these courses that they play in the United States. It's you know there's there's a lot of strategy to play these uh, this course out there. Yeah, they're not putting but, lights uh, out either. The greens look awful tough to putt as well. 
Right. You know, and it's it's weird. Uh, Abraham Answer, who's actually in he's he grew up in the United States, but he's he's playing for the international team, and he's one of the best players on the international team right now. He's a rookie. He's uh, he's won three matches, and he tied. They came back and tied the one. Uh, you know, last night at the very end was, was I thought that they would uh, do it, but uh, and so he he came in saying he wanted to play against Tiger, and and he is. He's in the first round. This. Uh, uh, you know, tonight is uh, is going to be against Tiger. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I look forward to watching that. Gary, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks. You bet. 10-16, we'll take a break and be back with more on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. Back on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate, with you until 11 o'clock. Going to talk some Big Ten basketball right now briefly with Andy Katz, from BTN on the phone with us out east somewhere. Andy, good morning. Appreciate your time. How you doing? Uh, good. Yeah, I'm over at uh, calling the game on Fox for Georgetown Syracuse as sideline reporter. So just trying to get ready for the game here. Well, good All stuff. Well. How are you guys? Good. We won't keep you long. I wanted to get your take on uh, Illinois and the way they've played uh, so far this season, winning 7 of 10, and then the, the near upset at Maryland, and then the win uh, the other night against Michigan. Well, you know, the doubters were questioning why I was so high on Illinois. Uh, but, you know, it just takes time. And, yes, they struggled against Nichols. I thought they played great in that first half against Arizona. But it was at Arizona. Place was rocking. Um, the outlier to me was the Miami game. That's the one that I think they will regret all season. I don't think it's going to do anything negative to them because I think they could – I ultimately think they'll be com- comfortably in when all things are said and done. But – what we saw at Maryland for all but two minutes, really, or a minute, you know, at the end, and what they did against Michigan, that's the team I thought and believed in once it was fully constituted. And I think it just took time, especially getting Kofi Coburn and, and Georgie Bishanisvili to sort of get used to playing together. So, um, you know, it, it's all just a process, and I think it's all working out. Andy, you uh, were on Illinois even before the season. Uh, you had them ranked higher than most people. Uh, what did you know about Kofi? I mean, I, I, I thought they'd be better. I had no idea Kofi would be this effective as he has been with all these double-doubles. Well, I mean, I didn't know that, Lauren. I mean, but, you know, obviously Brad was really high on him. I mean, I just looked at the returnees. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're in an era in college basketball where it's very – rare that you have so many returning players and they showed flashes last season weren't able to be consistent and uh the anticipation was that they would be relative to everyone else i mean that's the thing i think a lot of fans forget sometimes they don't have to be 2005 illinois they just have to be good enough to be a tournament team this season relative to this year where there is no dominant team so that's all that matters you know it does it, it has nothing to do with um, uh, you know, how great they could or should be. They just got to be good enough going against the competition they're going against. And there's no one in the Big Ten that they can't be. Now, they could also lose to almost everyone, but I would say that about almost everyone in the league. We could almost say that nationally. <laughs> when you see the, the crazy upsets we've seen, is this because, uh, I mean, explain why we're having such a, a upheaval, particularly at the top with all these number one teams losing. Well, I mean, the, the number one team's losing, it's, it's in large part because there is no great team. Um, 
you know, I, so I think we're going to have a revolving door in that, in that position. You know, why this is happening, there was a lot of attrition this past season from the draft. Uh, a lot of players that even didn't get picked obviously went. And, you know, these things are cyclical. And, um, you know, this freshman class is good. It's maybe not as deep, certainly, as last year's. And so these things happen. And, um, you know, the teams that that are able to stay old, they're the ones that are going to be successful. And so that's why, over the long term, um, you know, I see Illinois, Penn State, obviously Maryland, Michigan State, Michigan with their, their returnees, and Ohio State, not just being good Big Ten teams, but teams that can go far in the tournament because there aren't as many that have that kind of experience and depth. Andy, we know you're working the uh, Syracuse-Georgetown game, so let us know if you have to go. Uh, we'll keep you as long as we can, of course. <laughs> but uh, have you got a couple more minutes? Yeah, yeah, like two more minutes, sure. Okay, well, just uh, – uh, Go back to Illinois, and what, what do you see as their strengths and weaknesses, and what are the things they need to improve on from this point? Well, you know, I, I do think that they need to make sure, because now there's a little bit of a trend here with Nickel State, Miami, and I'm not trying to totally diss Miami, but I don't think they're going to be more than a lower third ACC team. Right. But obviously they were jacked up for Arizona on the road. They were pumped for the, road, the home game against Michigan. They need to bring that same effort and attitude for every single game. Now, for the most part, going forward, it's good games. It shouldn't be, you know, there shouldn't be a need for that. But, you know, like they could get beat at Rutgers or they could get beat against Northwestern. Um, you know, like as, as young as Northwestern is, I did their game against Providence and they schooled them. And Providence has a lot more experience. So, um, you know, they just got to be ready. I mean, there is nobody they can't beat. But as you said, I mean, they certainly can lose to anybody as well. That's Andy Katz. Andy, we appreciate your time. I know you're on a tight schedule, but uh, thanks for taking time with us. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Andy. Andy, as, a, as, he, as he mentioned, working the sideline on a Fox game today, also does some stuff for BTN. 10.23 is the time. And I'm Ipella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take a time out and be back with more after this. Stay with us. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly with you until 11 o'clock, another 33 or 4 minutes remaining on our two-hour show. Phone line is open, 356-9397. We've talked Illinois basketball. We'll do that some more, too, as we move along. Illinois basketball in action this afternoon, 5 o'clock, here on DWS against Old Dominion. We talked uh, some Major League Baseball, Cardinal Baseball with Bernie Miklas. Just talk some basketball with Andy Katz. And um, we're going to talk some uh, football with our friend Mike White, who is on the line with us from California. We talked to to the uh, Red Box Bowl executive director, Ryan Opelt, about the game as well. But we wanted to check in with a guy that coached at both these two institutions, Mike White, and he's on the line with us from California. Morning, Mike. How are you? Good, Steve. How you doing? Are you holding Tate together is he all right I mean what the heck he <laughs> that's, this is his 150th year I think <laughs> yeah, you know that's a big job to try to hold him together but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to do that and uh, so get, let's get your thoughts on this matchup kind of an interesting you know Illinois and Cal have played a few times over the years but uh, not in a bowl game so 
What do you think about this one? Yeah, I think it's uh, – I had some first – I was back at Illinois uh, for the Hall of Fame uh, to recognize Dave Williams, who uh, was inducted, and I I saw the facilities, and I, and I, I got a good feel for the atmosphere. In fact, that's – I think uh, Illinois went on a pretty good run at the end of the season there. Lovey – Lovey's hung in there and and kept the thing going and I was I was impressed with uh, with Illinois and of course I've watched Cal a lot being out in this direction and uh, I I think it's going to be a good game I I really do is they're they're good teams and uh, it it it's I'll tell you one thing getting in a bowl game is is a key uh, it, it it does so much for a team you know it. it not only their psyche and the fact that they they're still practicing and still getting their team you know put together because they have the extra practice time, but uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I'm I'm going to go. I'm looking forward to it. It's up there in the Bay Area, Santa Clara, Northern California. So I'll wander up there, and uh, I'm already getting some people agitating me. So uh, I got <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I thought they called it the the Mike White Bowl since you had coached them both. Why why'd they call it the Red Box Bowl? What's the Red Box Bowl? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that one. That, that's got everyone by no one's ever heard that name. They think it's some <laughs> they're not sure what it is, but I've I've I I finally in fact the day that it happened, some guys called me and said, Hey, the Red Box you're in you're in the Red Box Bowl. I said, Well, I don't even know what the heck or where that is, so that's uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It uh, and I, I think it's great for the school and and it, it, yeah, it really is. Getting a, I remember when Neil and I battled away one year to get in a, one of those bowl games. Remember we we were Illinois hadn't been in a bowl game in a long time and yeah, that's a Liberty a, Bowl, wasn't it? Yeah, the Liberty Bowl where where we faced uh, you know the. the the great coach, <laughs> when, Bear Bryant, when in Alabama, was, yeah, Bear Bryant, yeah, Bear Bryant. We had a, and and that was, in, of course, Illinois hadn't been to a bowl game for a while, and and then we played it, played Army in the, in Atlanta. Remember, in fact, it got the, it was, it was in those days, you you almost had to buy tickets. I mean, you had to, you know, you had to promote yourself <laughs> to get in these bowl games and. Uh, but it's different now because what there's 60, I was reading this morning, there's 60-some games or something or 64 teams playing. I got it. My mighty, it's amazing. But uh, it's good for your program. It's good for Illinois. I, and uh, I, I'll say this going in. I, I, I wish uh, for those listeners that have never seen the facility that uh, Illinois has constructed there up on the, the on those upper fields where we used to have our grass field uh, yep. the uh, facility is uh, uh, I mean you know I I, I I admire the Big Ten because uh, the schools are really keeping up with each other you know and and when you go into that facility with all the amenities and all the things to to help a, a player feel like he's important uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I admire that. And I was so happy when Illinois finished the season as well as they did, uh, 
you know, with the Wisconsin victory and stuff. So anyway, uh, and then I had to, I, I did have to, I had to judge the barbecue contest. But <laughs> 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 well, yeah, it, it sounded like some Tate got me into it. <laughs> you enjoyed that, didn't you? First, Wasn't that fun? Oh, it was great. <laughs> yeah, my son, Chris, um, our, Chris, you know, kicked for us, of course, and, and he was with me and we were in a, you know, we had a golf cart and, in fact, the first place we went, it was a, it was a bear. There was a, it was, it, I think it was supposed to be pork or something. But <laughs> they were eating this, a bear, huh? Eating a bear. I said, well, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> anyway, it was like old times. And uh, I, for those of you that are checking in, I'm sorry I talk so much, but I, we, we loved our experience at Illinois. Uh, our family did, and. Uh, we just enjoyed those years were special for us, and uh, we still have a lot of great friends that uh, that remember the what what we accomplished. We didn't accomplish everything we wanted to, but we I think we held our own, and uh, it was a great experience. Phone line is open. If you want to say something to Mike White, feel free to join us three five six nine three nine seven. Carl is on the line. Go ahead, Carl. Hey. Uh- Coach, uh, I've been wanting to ask you this question since I heard you were going to be on. I understand you're friends with Kevin Warren, the new Big Ten commissioner. Could you talk about him a little bit? Oh, that's great. Yeah, he he was with us. Uh, Coach Vermeil and I, you know, coached together when we won the Super Bowl in in St. Louis. Uh, I don't know if that was a few years ago, but... Uh, and 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 Kevin was one of our assistants at that time, and uh, I just I I'm I, I'm that that doesn't surprise me that that he that that job came his way because he's a real intelligent guy, and he's uh, he, he 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 you know he enjoys being in the football business. And uh, obviously the other things that he's going to have to do with the Big Ten, uh, you know, to keep that thing going. And incidentally, the Big Ten, uh, I don't like to be negative, but the, the, the Big Ten network is uh, certainly far exceeded what they have out here. The, the, the Pac-12 network, for some reason, is... You know they play the games at midnight. You know most of the games. <laughs> I went to the Cal SC game at eight o'clock about a month ago. It was in eight o'clock in Berkeley, California. It wouldn't. You know you're not exactly beating the drum at that time of day. But anyway, but in terms of Kevin Warren, he's a great young man. He's uh, he's uh, he he gets great relationships with the players. And uh, and he's very very intelligent, and uh, and by that I mean is he'll he'll keep he'll get the Big Ten and keep it in the forefront and and do the things that that have to be done from from a coaching standpoint and everything else. So uh, if you if you see him or hear him or if he's around, uh, tell him that Mike White checked in. And in fact, I talked to Coach Vermeil yesterday. Coach Vermeil was in Kansas City. <laughs> I don't know. They were recognizing him at a at a Kansas City game, and he was in a barber shop or something <laughs> where we used to go. Yeah, I mean, this is a Coach Vermeil for you. But that, that's the reason I mentioned him is I, he he's one of the reasons Kevin Warren is 
where he is and and one of the reasons that uh, he has so much respect. So uh, congratulations to him. Anything else, Carl? No. Thank you very much, Coach. No care, Carl. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Let's go to another call. Bob is calling from Urbana. Hey, Bob, go ahead. You're on the air with Mike White. Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I I want to reminisce back uh, 30 years ago or whatever it was when you would come and sub for the uh, Saturday morning sports line with Jim Turpin and Lauren Tate. I thought you did a marvelous job, and you were always interesting, insightful, and were able to keep the program going for the full two hours, and I thought it was just fabulous. And I have fond memories of listening to you when you were doing that, so I want to congratulate you. You're a good man. I, we, Lauren and I laugh about it still because we, we, the commercials sort of fell off the table. <laughs> They're still trying to make up for all the money lost. <laughs> yeah. we, they're still after us because we didn't. That's a lot of halfway through the show. He said, "Geez, we got to get one of these commercials in there and get see what's going on." And so, uh, I we I had fun with it, and uh, I'm just glad that this many years later that I'm still ha- having fun because I it, it's uh, it's sort of a hub of Illinois sports, and and to have a program that's endured. The, the you know the times and 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 has always is always upbeat and gives you a good idea of what's happening in Illinois sports. I think it's great. So uh, my hats off to Lauren and I. I don't know how the hell he's going. It's so good. <laughs> I you know I. <laughs> well, I'm going to get you back on the bowl talk. You know I I I can't. I think that the Liberty Bowl really kind of set everything up for you because. When, that was such a high mo- that that got the fans together. I think the team was was better the next year because they played in it, and and I think that led right into, in my mind, that led right into the Rose Bowl trip the next year. What's your thoughts on that and what that Liberty Bowl meant? Well, yeah, there's no question. That's sort of what I was touching on earlier. I, I a bowl game to the to the coach and the players. It it, it signifies. That you've had success, you know. It signifies that someone knows who you are, and and uh, all of a sudden you're, you know, and like we were in that case, we're playing Alabama down there. And, and, uh, yeah, it, and then of course, like you say, the players then get, uh, uh, they 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 almost expect to get a bowl game, and it 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 affects. And I, I'm I'm not so sure that wasn't a, a great thing this year because uh, I I saw the the uh, Nebraska Illinois game uh, and they were still reeling a little bit and and not finishing the games it didn't seem you know the you know how you read the newspapers and they I, I think there was people concerned about that they you know Illinois was okay but but in the bottom end of the Big Ten and all that kind of stuff and so once you once you get a signature victory or two and once you're headed to a bowl game uh, it's what it's all about and it's a great great for the coaches because you can bring your young players along and you can practice diligently and and uh, you know keep keep your good your great players fresh and get them ready to go and and then uh do the other things that are important so i, I yeah i i think it, I, I there's no question lauren and you and i talk about it for years is it that, that 
you, 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 the bull, a bull game has got to be a, a legitimate goal. It's got to be a, a legitimate a talking point for the coaches because it's tangible and uh, it, it it gives you know gives you some extra practice time. And uh, and I, I'll tell you if, if you remember, we ours was tough the couple of those years because we didn't even have an indoor facility. Remember. We had to we had to put a tent up or something. I yeah, don't bubble. The bubble, yeah. <laughs> no, put the bubble. Yeah, I can remember that. And then back that, and then that first year, well, the year with the Rose Bowl, I guess, was the classic because remember how how bad the weather was when we left Champaign and there was the eighteen wheeler trucks all over the highway and and we were trying to get you're trying to get out of town and and uh, get to a you know get to where the weather was a little bit better and uh, you remember those experiences so yeah that that thanks for that you know it 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 it, it just shows you you're in it, it makes a whole lot of difference in in your in your program it just takes you from a an okay in the middle of the pack program and and, and no matter how many games you win but you, you you qualify to be in a bowl game. It's uh, it's just great for the players and their families and all that. So uh, my hats off to Illinois, and I think that uh, I think you've made a nice turn in the program, and uh, you're headed in the right direction. Another couple of minutes with Mike White. Rick in Champaign is on the line with us. Thanks for holding, Rick. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, I had the pleasure of working with your daughter, Carrie, at Channel 3 many years ago. And, of course, people will remember her as our PM Magazine co-host. co-host. Uh, I'm sure that uh, there there are many people who would like to know where uh, she's at now. Yeah, well, she's had an interesting career. <laughs> she's no longer in the media business, but uh, she's uh, living in Seattle washington and uh she's i won't get into all the details but she has an upcoming marriage coming uh and for uh, i won't count count marriages but but she's she's doing great she's really is she's she's been down here she comes down here all the time she's an interior decorator and uh she comes down here in southern california and works and uh and uh, as I said, she's having a wedding. It's actually not for a few months, but uh, she's all excited about that. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, she was more famous than that town than I ever was. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed working with her very, uh, a very much, very very nice young lady. And uh, thank well, you for. Uh... Yeah. Well, did did okay. you say hello to me at the when I was back there? Uh, the other day, I mean the other day when I was because uh, 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 it was no. one of the fellow, one of the gentlemen that was with her at that channel. I can't remember, you know, where and what it was, but uh, he, uh-huh. he came up and said that he had hired her and and uh, they were good friends and all that. So yeah, I, I, I that's why we feel, it feels like home for us back there because yeah. it's, so many things were linked together and. Uh, when we left, uh, Carrie stayed on for a couple of years, and uh, she had a good yeah. career. Hey, Rick, yeah, thanks for the call. Was... Okay, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it, Mike. Uh, maybe yeah, the thanks. maybe the answer to this question depends on who you're talking to, but who are you going to root for in this game, <laughs> Cal in Illinois? 
Well, I don't know. I, 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 I've been asked that already, and I, I uh, no, I, 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 I guess it's the concept and it's the the whole atmosphere of a bowl game, and uh, I just, I, I really think it, it, it it'll, it'll, the, the main thing for me is, is that it's, it's a competitive game, and it, it showcases. You know the, the the players and and I I think you've got I've, I've studied a little bit I, I don't I'd be lying if I say I've got all the answers but uh, yeah you've got you've got some uh, the, uh, Illinois has got some good people coming back and 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 got some good players that are going to be coming to be juniors and seniors and and. Uh, so they've. I think it'll be a it'll be a banner year right from the start for, you know, because it it, it gets the next year going. So uh, yeah. I anyway. I, I'm mumbling, pegging around, but I you know I I I guess I I'd be crazy to say one team or the other. I I know I'll I'll be there. And you want to go into uh, politics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. The way, you learned, I learned that from I learned that from Lauren. Yeah, the way to give a non-answer to a question—that's that, that, it, it's an art. Well, yeah, you know, I, I that was, yeah. you graduated, you played for Cal, and you graduated there, and you and you went back and coached there. Of course, you coached against them when you were at Stanford. What you win a couple of Rose Bowls at Stanford, didn't you? When you were yeah, with the Ralston? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two rows. Those were those were uh, major. I mean, and when you st- think of Stanford and and what the uh, the school and the, what it you know what it's it's all about and and uh, we had to have two soup two, two two rose bowls and win them both against one against Michigan and one against Ohio State so uh, yeah it it, uh, it 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 means a lot and uh, but it, but you you're on the, I'm just avoiding the uh, <laughs> <obvious> answer <laughs> well, well let me take let, you off you the know, hook. I'll take you off the hook and ask you something else. When you were here in September, you mentioned the mm-hmm. the new facilities you had a chance to see. Did you get a chance to to hang much with Lovey Smith? And if so, or not if so, but did you know Lovey much before you got here? I, and I, I've known I knew a lot of his uh, some people that worked with him, uh, Mike Martz, who he worked with down at Arizona State, and uh, I, I I've known of him. And I, I I'll tell you this, he. He was really, really uh, nice to us. I mean, there were, you know, Dave Williams was there, and the other some of the other winners of the, the I mean, people that were going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame that weekend. And I, I was just impressed with Lovey's um, manners with his team. I mean, that that facility will knock your socks off anyway. With a, it's like a, you know, you're having you, you've got a. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure what what you'd call it, but just having the the kind of a facility that it's it's like an auditorium, and the players were so polite and and they reacted to Lovey in in a positive way, and uh, and, and it, it made several of us just feel right at home, and 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 I I said my God this is this is something and so yeah i think i think it, it's it's a and i'm glad he had some success because i think he he's a no-nonsense guy and he's a i think he i think he has a good good relationship with his players i i could feel that and uh so anyway i i i, I was impressed with with 
the way it was. And then we went in his office and sat there for a while and just talked a little bit. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I was, I, I was, I, I had, I didn't know Lovey very well. Uh, and uh, so it was, a, it was a good introduction for me. And I appreciate how, how, how much he, you know, sort of made us feel at home. Well, Mike, it's, it's a great to, to talk to you. And, uh, when are you heading up for the game? Are you just going up the day before, or you going? I up? think we're going to go. Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, the, the, the teams are staying. It sounds like I'm still a little hazy on exactly what this. It sounds like the teams are staying in San Francisco uh, rather than down the peninsula there in Santa Clara. I, but I, I don't, don't quote me on that. But it sounds like so. I I, I don't think. You know, I, I I'd like to get get up there and and see some practices and 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 just sort of blend in and have some fun. So uh, I I think that that part of it, I uh, will just uh, probably go, I'm probably just going to the game's on uh, Monday, I believe. Yeah. On Monday, isn't it? The Monday the thirtieth. Yeah. And uh, so I'll 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 try to get there a couple of days early and and uh, you know got some good friends in the peninsula that are not too far from there and we, we can uh bill walsh my old buddy his his wife is still lives up there in in the palo alto area so we we can we can tie a few things in there and uh, uh yeah really look forward to it well thanks for spending some time with us mike and uh, re- remembering some very happy times i know there's we hadn't been to a bowl for about two decades when when you got here, and and to get back in the bowl business was a big part of your success, I think. Yeah, there's no question. And then, like you say, that that the the original we had the perfect bowl game. You know, of course, playing against Bear Bryant, but you know, and and people just what is that Highway 74 that goes down to <laughs> it goes down into. Texas or wherever it goes, you know, and there was there were the, the Illinois fans came out of the woodwork and and uh, you know they they always talked about how what a great crowd that the, that Illinois brought and and how interested you know and how everyone was involved and you know, I think they had done one of those hotels didn't they have ducks that were ro- walking around yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah they're oh, famous oh, <laughs> they follow each other. <laughs> All the all little details that shows you shows you how you know we're, we were easy to please. We liked the ducks. We liked whatever it was. So it was it was great, and uh, I appreciate our relationship, Lauren, through the years, and, and you know we've shared a lot of things, and uh, you know I just it's just nice to feel a little bit a part of Illinois because uh, it, you know it was it, it, our experience there. I, I overdo it, but. Our experience, family-wise and everything else, was fantastic there at Illinois. And the people are, you know, when I was there for that Hall of Fame, I felt like I had been there, you know, last week. <laughs> people are so nice and uh, they're friendly. And uh, I should have gone to the, uh, they, they, I guess they have a, a, a coaches, uh, I, I don't know what they have, a coaches meeting. Or they, remember, I remember when we had, uh, we had the uh, uh, well when we used to have a grid club, and and then we had the ladies. We 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 had I guess we broke rank or something, but we had we had the ladies in the in the grid club, and uh, and we I think we shook the 
crowd up. We had we had a lot of fun because we just we were just being ourselves and enjoying ourselves. And first I, question was how do you how do you uh, clean those uniforms? <laughs> Remember yeah, that? that was, oh yeah, my I'm figuring she's gonna uh, these gals are gonna ask me. Yeah, that was my that was the woman's clinic we had, and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh boy, well now we'll get some real questions on this. And the lady says, yeah. How many times can you wash your uniform? <laughs> I was stuck. I, I'm not usually stuck for an answer, but I just sort of faked it. <laughs> well, hey, Mike, appreciate it. Always good to visit with you. And uh, for those of us coming to California, maybe we'll bump into you here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's great. Thanks a lot. Thanks for thinking about us. And uh, good luck, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Mike. That's Mike White, everybody. We need to take a time out. We'll do that and be back with more here on Alani Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Moving up on 1057, Alani Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Mike Mary is the main man at the Pella Window Store, and he and all the uh, folks at the Pella Window Store would like to thank homeowners, contractors, architects and installers who purchased windows and doors for their homes and their projects this past year. They appreciate the loyalty and trust the people have put Illini Pella in for uh, their window and door needs for the past 50 years, 50 years in business at the Pella Window Store, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Check them out at PellaofChampaign.com as well. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 by appointment on Saturday. They've got a lot of ongoing uh, products and some newer products like the uh, Between the Glass Blinds and Shades that you call the Lifestyle Selection. Stop by and check those out. There are high-performance options to improve energy efficiency and reduce outside noise. You can see those products and all the windows and door samples at their location at 1001 North Country Fair Drive. The big supporters of Illinois basketball, Illini Pella is... And the Illini are back on the court coming up uh, this afternoon at 5 o'clock. State Farm Center, Old Dominion in town. 3-7, and seven, Lauren, on the season. They've lost six straight games. Yeah, they lost six in a row, and they, they lost to George Mason. Washington State, they played them within 16. That was 60-53, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, George Mason was 60-53. Uh, Washington State was 66-50, a 16-point differential. Then they played uh, Loyola Chicago, and they lost that one. Uh, and that was a home game for them, too, well, uh, 68-61 to Loyola. And then they lost to William & Mary and BCU on the road. So um, they're not effect- as effective as they'd like to be. They were in the tournament last year. They, whether they can make it this year is a whole other question, but uh, they were in the NCAA tournament. And uh, y- you worry about three-point shooting. They're only shooting 28% from the three, so they're like Illinois. They're not very effective from out there. That's one of the things we've got to see happen. I don't think you can go through a Big Ten season shooting as poorly as Illinois is from the three-point line and be effective consistently. I mean, because in some of the, not every team is going to go three for 18 like Michigan did. Some teams are going to come out and shoot 50% against you, and there's nothing you can do. We saw that in the one shot against Maryland. You can't always control what happens in the three-point line. There, people are going to, these guys can jump up and get that shot anytime they want to, and there's nothing you can do about it. They're going to get that shot. Something else they have to look out for is to not let this be a, 
uh, oh, by the way game or a trap yeah. game or anything yeah. like that. They need to come out and because they don't play again for a week. You don't want to sit on an upset loss at home for a week, that's for sure. No, and I, and already we kind you kind of set yourself up. We say, well, we got to get Jones in the game. Okay, well, you know, so your thought is to get Jones in the game. That doesn't mean that you're 100% committed to winning because you were 100% committed to, to Michigan, again, the Michigan game because you didn't think about who you're going to play. You're just worried about winning the game. This is a little different in that it's a tune-up game for the Missouri game. I will see you later at the State Farm Center. I'll be there. Appreciate you listening. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly for Lawrence 8. Have a great weekend, everybody.